Are you here? Really, really, are you here? I know that if you just heard that question, it's really not possible for you to be anywhere but here. <laughs> so what do we got for you today? It's an interview from the archives with Tom Tollerson. The Kindred Spirit was a folk trio featuring Tom Tollerson, Bill Rolston, and Deborah McCall. Tom Tollerson is a very, very musical man. In addition to being a music teacher, guitarist, vocalist, and songwriter, Tom Tollerson also operates the 106 West Live Music Venue and Music School, which is where this interview was recorded. And by the way, that's at 106 West Athens Street in historic Winder, Georgia. And this interview was recorded to document the 40th anniversary reunion concert of the Kindred Spirit Folk Trio. Hey, if you haven't already, can you, would you, please, subscribe to The Paul Leslie Hour? It's on YouTube, and it's free and fun, and it's a great way to stay up to date with all the interviews and reviews we do. And it's absolutely 100% free. It's the right thing to do. Now, let's play the interview with Tom Tollerson. On this episode, we're sitting down with Mr. Tom Tollerson, singer, songwriter, guitarist, music teacher, member of the Kindred Spirit Folk Trio. It's the day before the 40-year reunion show of the Kindred Spirit, and we're talking to all three members. So it's my pleasure to welcome Mr. Tom Tollerson to the program. Thank you for making the time to do this. Well, thank you for having us on. I appreciate it. Now, you are a very musical man. Very musical. You teach music. You own the 106 West Music Theater. Music runs in your family. You could say we've had Miss Sarah Tollerson, your daughter, on the program. Has music always been a part of you? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yes. I started singing about the same time I started realizing that there were notes, which was a little bit before I had a mastery of the English language. I think I was about two and a half when I sang my first song. Yeah. So, actually, my mom was pretty impressed. It was, Mr. Little Sir Echo, how do you do? <laughs> and she would bring in her, all my, all her aunts and sisters, because when I sang the hello part, it was in tune and on pitch. And, uh, that's kind of scary because I'm not that much in tune anymore. But anyway, do my best. <laughs> so. Do you remember bands and musicians that from the very beginning grabbed you? From the very beginning? Well, I think a lot of people have that music that they heard. They may have heard a lot of music when they were younger, but there was one that stayed with them. It made a little burn. Well... Peter, Paul, and Mary um, made a big difference in my life, but I was older. When I was younger, it was uh, the guy that sang That Lucky Old Son, which was my dad. My dad uh, would come around singing that, that Lucky Old Song, which was the second song I learned in my life. When I was about three years old, I asked my mom to teach it to me. My dad was in Japan in the Air Force, and we were living in Florida, and... Uh, I asked her to teach me that song, and I guess in about a month I was singing the whole song. And just because I wanted to kind of sound like my dad, he's a real good singer, and I just wanted to sing like him. 
When did you realize that you wanted to be a musician? Uh, it was about the same time that I was choosing between being a musician or a doctor, and I went, I can be a musician right now, or I can be a doctor in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> really, I know it's sad, but I mean, I, I'd always been involved in music. I'd been the family musician, you know, we'd go on road trips, I'd take my ukulele and play in the car so we could all sing, you know, ain't got a barrel of money. Maybe we're ragged and funny. We'd sing that song. My parents would be harmonizing in the front seat, you know, kids in the back trying to chime in, and eventually, you know, me playing the ukulele while they sang, and it was really a, a great thing. So pretty much I've always been, it's always been there. First is just an obsession, and then finally as a hobby, and then after that a profession. <laughs> so... You know, it's not that I didn't think about doing other things. It's just this one kept popping back up and going, no, you got to do this. No, you got to do this. When my kids were growing up, I spent some time being a what I like to call a CGPE. That's a computer guy par extraordinaire. I was a computer guy's computer guy. You know, I'd build them and do networking and you know, troubleshooting and repair and programming and more building and more troubleshooting and more repair and more programming. So I finally just kind of got tired of the continual circle and decided that I would, uh, instead of teaching music at night only, which I did when my kids were growing up, I would go back into it full time. And that happened about the same time we opened 106 West. Uh, I've still kept repairing computers here and there, but the focus went back into the music and couldn't be happier. I have some great students really love teaching here. I get the stage, it's a great opportunity for people to come and, you know, experience what it's like to be on a stage if they're new at it or, you know, for experienced performers. They just love the place because it's close in. You can see the audience. Uh, you have a really good experience here, good sound, good lights. The audience likes to come because they can see the performance. They can see the, the eyes of the performers and their facial expressions. And We're not huge, but we are fun. We are a lot of fun here, and uh, we try to keep it that way. And uh, Every day is a new surprise as far as what things develop. Yeah. So tell us when the kindred spirits were forming. Phil was telling us a little bit about this. Do you remember any type of message in particular that you wanted to convey with the music? Several messages. But the main message is uh, that there's one principal law that we must follow if we're going to be united with our Creator, and that's the law of love. We have to learn to love who we are, love others, and to follow that law as our, our principal guiding force if we're going to succeed in this world. If mankind's going to survive, we have to learn to cooperate and work together, and that involves respect for each other and love for each other. That's the principle of the kindred spirit. That's all I got. And all these years, it's still this, the message. Ah, uh, those kinds of messages, just, they Our just times. don't change. I mean, you know, sometimes they go underground, sometimes they hide, but they're always there. And they surface at times when they're needed. And I think one of the things that's happening in our society right now is that it's, it's calling out for people to remember what it is we're about and what, we're, what it is we're doing. How are we going to go into this new century that we're in? Are we going to go and we're going to make war our policy? Are we going to make dominance and destruction our policy? 
are we going to make cooperation and peace our policy? And I think it's really important for us to do B, cooperation, peace, harmony, to let things grow, you know, to let the world grow and not just be destroyed by what's happening to it now. And I'm, I'm not a very liberal person. As a matter of fact, I'm about as conservative as you can possibly get. But I don't think that we should be involved in the war we're in. I never did think we should be involved in the war we're in. I was shocked when we got into it. When there were still some, I think the only reason you fight is if there's absolutely no other way to defend your family and your home. And if, if there is another way, you go after that other way. You pursue that. You don't just jump into some kind of preemptive warfare against another country, creating, you got, you know, three and four year old enemies growing up around the world who used to love America because of what's happened, you know, in this past few years. And that's me. Okay, you guys. I'm sorry. There it is. <laughs> well, you're being honest. I know. It's like it says on my MySpace, an honest man is always in trouble. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) A song keeps going through my head when I've been thinking about this trio this week, because it's really amazing, 40 years later, Mm -hmm. that this music is going to come out again. Which is really amazing. After 40 years, I'm still just 39 years old, you know? (laughs) I mean, that means that I was minus one when we were singing together. So anyway... (laughs) But there's a song that I've kind of thought of. I've thought of the Simon and Garfunkel song, Old Friends. Uh-huh. So I was wondering if you could tell us what has it been like for you this week, reuniting with these friends of yours, because you guys have a very good report with each other, I can tell. Completely cathartic. Just absolutely a relief. You know, an end of constriction, a blooming, a flowering, a sense of completeness. You know, finding these friends, you know, like Phil and Deborah and the people that are coming from all over the country, you know. And I know they're coming for more than just to see Phil and Tom and Deborah. They're coming to experience that sense that we had together, that moment in history where we were all unified under one cause or whatever, and just working together and making things happen and living and loving and just all these vegetarianism. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big meat eater now, but you know I remember when when most of us were promoting vegetarianism. And honestly, I should really go back to it. I'd be a lot better person if I did. I was healthy when I was a vegetarian. <laughs> I don't know if it had anything to do with my age, but uh, <laughs> it's just been a great thing just being around them and the effort that they've put out. This has been for for Phil and Deborah and I. It's been a, a year and three months that we've been since we decided to do this, that it's coming around and and finally happening. So that's just wonderful. It takes a big load off my chest. I remember seeing you and Phil perform as a duo. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because there's not a lot of young people that really get into folk music as much as before. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember some of the songs you guys did. Uh I remember thinking... Wow, I don't get to hear this music enough. And I remember one of the songs, Victoria. Uh-huh. By Paul Hansen, yeah. Yeah, you uh-huh. guys did. Uh-huh. And then you did another song, was it called Babylon? By the Rivers of Babylon, by, by Jimmy Cliff. Mm-hmm. Which that was another good number that you guys did. Tell us about this concert that I'm going to see on Friday and Saturday. Is there any song you're really excited about doing? Yeah, this. 
I'm excited about doing some of the songs that were exclusively Kindred Spirit songs that haven't been done since we first did them. And they, you know, there was a, a live recording made in the, what we're basing on this concert. Oh, I've got to tell you, Bob Pearl, our friend, recorded us back in 1969 and then sent us CDs just last year. He found the tape, sent us CDs, and that triggered it. That got us started on this. But so hearing some of the old songs that I have never heard since the Kindred Spirit broke up back ages ago. I guess we didn't broke up. We just went our separate ways because here we are back together singing. But uh, <laughs> just uh, some, like, you know, I even wrote some songs I like. But my favorite song that I think we're going to be doing, oh, gosh, I can't name a favorite. We just got through singing. And we're rehearsing, and we just got through singing Sometimes When I Get to Thinking by Buffy St. Marie, which is just an incredible song, and that's just, it was it represents when we were touring and on the road, that's when we really arranged that song. We were just tight and hot and just really moving along, and and it just represents the pinnacle of, of our vocalization, and I just love it. There's a lot of others that are just going to be incredible. We've been rehearsing and these things are coming back to us and it's just been amazing. I don't know. I can't, there's a long list and I think it's, <laughs> you don't want to hear the name of every song that I'm excited about doing. Because it's probably all of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's about all I got except like Buffy St. Marie said, God is alive, magic is afoot and it's happening today. You know, we're, we're here at the, the blooming in spring and we're and we're rebirthing in ourselves and I hope in other people this idea that we're unified, we love each other, we work together, we make the future happen. Yeah, well spoken. This last question, given that this broadcast is going out all over the world, mm -hmm. my last question, what would you, Mr. Tom Tollerson, like to say to the world? <sighs> I'd like to say we need to drop the hatred, drop the sectarianism, drop the violence, drop the warfare. It is not the way to solve any problem. It never has been. The only way we're ever going to get together is to love, love each other and work together. Exalt our differences, celebrate our differences, and love them. Love the things that are different about each other instead of fight the things that are different about each other. You know, we've got cultures all over the world with people acting in all kinds of different ways, but we have to tolerate and respect those that act differently, those that think differently, and those that believe differently. And they have to do it for us. And that's the way we're going to move forward and survive as a, as a unit, the human race. If we just continue down this path of warfare, it's an inevitable and eventual self-destruct. So let's not do that. Let's change paths. Let's get rid of the war, get rid of the violence, and work for peace around the world. Mr. Tollerson, I really appreciate you taking the time and letting me use your venue to do this interview, and I really look forward to these shows. Thank you, sir. I really uh, thank you for taking the time to interview us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. 
click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, The Entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.